0: everyone and welcome to another blast burn radio showdown spotlight that feels real weird to say i haven't said that in a while Uh, i am your host jolly by nature and with me as always is our adventure boy messer engine Uh, how's it going tonight mess
1: it's good i feel like we're doing a blast from the past like last time we did one of these was like right as adventures was like launching like so yeah i i feel like i've gotten in the delorean and here we are.
0: <laughs> the last time we did out spotlight, we were celebrating the release of Let's Go. And now we're all trying to forget it. So, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to forget it. My wife likes that game an awful lot. But yes, I, I understand your point.
0: <laughs> so, if this is your first Showdown Spotlight, welcome. Uh, in our Showdown Spotlight episodes, we aim to showcase a particular Pokemon, what makes it special, and how it is best used in the competitive metagame, which includes the Smogon tiers in singles and in VGC doubles where appropriate. Uh, for each of these episodes, we also hold our Friday Night Fight stream. We have not had a Friday Night Fight in forever. Uh, and during that Friday Night Fight stream, we take all of our Showdown Spotlight teams, both the ones that we built for the show and the ones that you guys build around our spotlight Pokemon uh, in a relevant meta and we play them on the live ladder on Pokemon Showdown. We always enjoy doing these streams. They're a whole, whole lot of fun. uh, And hopefully you guys are real excited when you come out for it. Uh, And we always really appreciate seeing all the interesting and fun teams and sets that you guys put together around our Spotlight Pokemon. So thank you, as always, to everyone who's going to prepare and submit their own team for the stream. It's always really appreciated.
1: Aliara, I need you to make me that that whack ass fucking team. Round this month's Pokemon. Because you always send us some crazy fucking team. Like lots of people send us teams. But Aliara's teams are always nuts. <laughs> now, we haven't done a showdown spotlight
0: in quite a while. This series had to take a backseat in our production schedule to accommodate the other great projects that we bring to you guys, particularly Blastburn Radio Adventures. Uh, but we wanted to bring it back as a special treat to celebrate the completion of the pilot arc of said Blastburn Radio Adventures. Uh, Messer Engine, who are we shining our spotlight on this
1: week? Oh man, I'm super excited because this week, In honor of our steely boys and their adventures in Celadon, we're showcasing the cutest little gem glutton in town, my character, Nicoletti's partner in Blastburn Radio Adventures, Sableye, or as you all know her from the show, Peridot. Now, Sableye is classified as the
0: Darkness Pokemon. Uh, Sableye was first introduced in Generation 3 with Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, Sableye is a Dark and Ghost-type Pokemon, which is a type combination that was unique to Sableye when it was introduced. Uh, She also gained a Mega Evolution in Generation 6, and it was one of the Megas that was not initially available in Pokemon X and Y, but was added mid-generation with Pokemon Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. Uh, Her Mega Evolution retains her dark and ghost typing she is number 70 in the Hoenn pokedex and number 302 in the national pokedex Uh, sableye measures one foot eight inches and weighs 24 pounds she doesn't grow any taller when she mega evolves but she gains a ton of weight up to 355 pounds due to the massive gym shield that she carries
1: (laughs) As always, we can learn much about this Pokemon from the Pokedex. And there are actually a lot of really cool Pokedex entries for our girl Peridot. So let's take a look at those. In Pokemon Ruby, the Pokedex states, Sableye lead quiet lives deep inside caverns. They are feared, however, because these Pokemon are thought to steal the spirits of people when their eyes burn with a sinister glow in the darkness. What the fuck? People fear what they don't understand. No way. Who would would guess? That's a totally new concept, and not something that causes endless pain and frustration in the w- real world. Nope, not at all. No sir.
0: Now, in Pokemon Sapphire, the Pokédex states uh, Sableye digs the ground with sharpened claws to find rocks that it eats. Substances in the eaten rocks crystallize and rise up to the Pokemon's body surface. That's actually really cool. So even when it's not eating gems, the minerals in the stone that it eats becomes crystallized into gems inside its body. That's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, that's definitely really cool. Let's see, what else we got in here? Uh in Sun, the Pokedex states, it's a fiend for gemstones. So it stocks Carbink. Unfortunately, Gabite almost always grabs them first. I I don't know whether to feel bad for Sableye for missing out on a snack or poor Carving for apparently being delicious. Like that, you know, there are so many times, not to go off on a tangent here, that like we see Pokemon in their natural environments, but we ne- almost never see the food chain like in action. That's really interesting.
0: Ironically, Sun and Moon is one of the few places where we really like see it out in the wild. And that's really, really cool. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, for the Pokedex in Generation 7, the Pokedex started providing separate entries for Mega Evolutions. Uh, for Mega Sableye in Pokemon Ultra Sun, the Pokedex states, based in the energy of Mega Evolution, the gemstone on its chest expands, rips through its skin and falls out. That's more than a little morbid, honestly, but that's also kind of par for the course with the, the Mega Evolution entries. Uh, let's see what Ultramoon says.
1: It's, it's a little different. It says, it blocks any and all attacks with its giant-sized gemstone. However, the stone's a heavy burden, and it limits Mega stabilized movements. Holy crap. Was that, like, practical information in a Pokedex entry? I mean, I'd say it's a Christmas miracle, but we just got out of winter time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Pokedex
0: entry about a Mega Evolution and about a ghost type. It's not like about how it steals children and eats their hands, and instead just says, "Hey, like it's got good defenses, but doesn't move real good." That's kind of nice.
1: It's got good defenses, but doesn't doesn't move real good. That should have been like the simplified entry, like because we all know these are written by children.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, now, Sableye hasn't seen many major series appearances in the anime. Uh, she was used by Team Rocket's Cassidy in several episodes of the side story anime series Pokemon Chronicles, which was a series of short episodes focusing on supporting characters in the Pokemon series. Uh, but Cassidy never used her Sableye in the main anime series. Uh, Sableye did get a feature in episode 303 of the Pokemon anime in the advanced generation season, where she played plays pranks on Ash and friends. Uh, Sableye was also used by Nanu in the Pokemon sun and moon anime and uh, was used by Nanu to battle Ash in his grand trial. There was also an animated trailer for Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And this trailer featured Omega Sableye battling Megalopony. Uh, Sableye has been rare, but capturable in the wild in every new main series Pokemon game since her introduction of particular note is pokemon sun and moon where she cannot be encountered in the wild but as her pokédex entry kind of alludes to she will come if carbink is calling for help uh, hoping to make a snack of the weekend jewel pokemon
1: that that is so sinister and so like well hidden in the game like that's so good i can't even tell you how good that is Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Incompetitive a little bit. We're almost there. We're going to talk a little bit about her abilities, of which she has two uh, in the wild. And honestly, neither of them are fantastic. She can have Keen Eye, which prevents the lowering of accuracy and ignores enemy evasion, uh, or Stall, which applies a minus six priority to all of stabilized moves. Both of these abilities can be useful, but they're extremely situational and in normal circumstances will either be non-factors or in the case of stall, uh, hindering? I mean, really, you don't want to sit in the back and let people beat on you most of the time. Her hidden ability, however, is Fucking fantastic. Sableye gets Prankster for its hidden ability, which gives one stage of priority to status and support moves. Notably for Sableye, that includes moves such as Calm Mind, Toxic, Will-O-Wisp, Substitute, and Recover. It's worth noting that this ability was nerfed in Generation 7. Dark-type Pokemon are now immune to status moves that have been affected by Prankster. But it's still an extremely strong ability. Perhaps best of all, however, is the ability that Sableye gains upon Mega Evolution. Regardless of her base ability or ability upon birth, if you will, upon Mega Evolving, all Sableye gain the phenomenal Magic Bounce. Now, if you're not familiar, Magic Bounce is an ability that causes certain support moves that target your opponent or their side of the field, stat-altering moves like Growl, status-inflicting moves like Toxic, or entry hazards like Stealth Rocks, to be bounced back at that opponent and inflict them on their side of the field instead. This is an incredible ability that doesn't see wide distribution, and Mega Sableye is certainly its best and most noteworthy abuser. That said, like, we've kind of covered a little bit of history and, like, you know, a little information about Sableye. Obviously, I like Sableye. I used it as my companion Pokemon in adventures. How do you feel about Sableye, Mr. Jolly by nature? So, I
0: I have to be entirely honest with you. Before we did Adventures, I hadn't ever really looked at Sableye twice. Uh, Its base stats are not exactly impressive, even if its move pool is good bordering on great, I would say. It doesn't have a playstyle that particularly matches me, Uh, and this is extrapolated by the fact that I was never particularly interested in ghost type Pokemon before we started the the BBR series. I could probably talk all day about how the Nuzlocke world tour has kind of altered my tastes and my preferences in Pokemon. Uh, But I think that ghost types and grass types in particular are, are really strong examples of this where I just never really saw the attraction until I was put in this really competitive environment and suddenly, you know, status is, goes from being something that's annoying to be inflicted with and unnecessary to being absolutely vital to success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no no shit, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And and at this point, honestly, Will-O-Wisp is one of my favorite moves in Pokemon. At this point, I don't know how I live without being able to burn shit.
1: Yeah, you have a Rodom on every fucking team in, like, every tier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Uh But yeah, so Sableye has definitely grown on me there. Mega Sableye is... We'll talk a little bit more about its usage. I will say it's a phenomenally designed Pokemon. I really love Megas that build on, like, what is already there. And Mega Sableye is practically the definition of that. It is, it, it, it's Sableye just kind of ratcheted up to the nth degree, which I really, really like and appreciate from a design standpoint, but it's... It's about as pure of a wall as exists in Pokemon, and that's just not really my play style. This week was actually really, really challenging for me in team building, but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I I respect and I appreciate Sableye, and I love Paradox.
1: Paradox so good. I like so many of the Pokemon that I love. Sableye, just I think. It looks really cool. Like, aesthetically, I really dig the fact that it is this little ghost that hides out in the dark, which is clearly designed to look sinister like many dark Pokemon are. And just the the idea that it, like, digs and hunts for gems. Like, I don't know why. It's always just kind of held a place for me uh, of admiration, even though I never really got to use it for a whole lot. i didn't encounter one in, like, gold and silver and be like, oh, that's really neat. But never really had cause to use one because base stats, like gameplay, it's, it's difficult to justify like utilizing it for, for a run. And when we did adventures, like there was an opportunity to, because of the way that our system is, is to use some Pokemon that you really wouldn't or couldn't use regularly in competitive or, or in a Nuzlocke or in, in the main game and still have them be good and have a chance to shine and being able to take Sableye and utilize it in that fashion has been awesome. I, I, I could gush about adventures forever and we won't do that, but I really love Sableye and adventures and Peridot have only like enhanced that for me. And there's a point on megas since we were just talking about it. Megas, I think, are actually really, really good. I was really mixed on them when they were first introduced. But given like some time and some space, I love how Megas either do what Mega Sableye does, where it doubles down on the design. The, like The original design really makes it shine. Or it allows a Pokemon to fill an entirely different niche than the original. Like we were talking about Mega Swampert uh, the other day. That's really really cool, and they're really fun to use in main gameplay. I actually really hope when we get Gen Eight that we we see them like in the main game again, because it's been real cool going back through Y and seeing the Megas that show up and where they do and how deadly they are.
0: Yeah, they're they're real real good. Mega Stabilize a real good girl. So for almost every episode of this series. We have featured really strong offensive Pokemon uh, wall breakers or setup sweepers with the ability to punch huge holes in opposing teams. Sableye is the polar opposite of this play style. She is used and useful in multiple tiers with different sets and strategies, but ultimately her best usage is always as a wall. Her great support moveset, fantastic abilities, and her typing, with only a single weakness in Fairy, contribute to one of the best overall defensive options in Pokemon. Uh, Sableye is a fantastic team option to disrupt your opponents, cripple their threats, and stop their momentum.
1: Now, regular old Sableye makes her home down in the depths of the PU tier, <laughs> among the least powerful Pokemon that competitive play has to offer. Now, that said, within the PU environment, Sableye is actually a force, among the most dominant walls in that lower tier. While her defensive stats are unimpressive, her combination of a great learn set and fantastic ability allow her to overcome this weakness and surpass the competition. Sableye in PU will always run Prankster for its ability and will lean into it heavily with support moves like Will-O-Wisp, Taunt, and Recover. This set is generally run as physically defensive, bold, or impish-natured with max investment in HP and defense, as will West helps Sableye overcome its lackluster defense and wall physical threats fairly well. Sableye will generally hold leftovers for additional recovery, or a Rocky Helmet to wear down physical attacking opponents. In its fourth move slot, Sableye will either run knockoff to remove opponents' items, which is always beneficial. Foul Play to punish strong attackers and setup sweepers, or Nightshade for consistent damage. This set is simple, but effective. Abuse Prankster to burn physical wall breakers, taunt sweepers to prevent them from setting up, or walls to prevent recovery and recover to remain healthy. It's worth noting that Sableye can also function as a fairly potent sweeping threat in PU, as well by simply swapping out Taunt for Calm Mind and running Dark Pulse for its offensive option. This is generally seen as inferior, though, uh, to the Straight Support set, and there are other options in PU to sweep more reliably, if that's what you're looking for.
0: Now, while Sableye is a force within the PU metagame, it is by no means unbeatable. Uh, its low base special defense, in particular, makes it very vulnerable to special wall breakers, uh, particularly fairies such as Shenodic and Toga Kick, Toga Tick, uh, or Toga if- kick.
1: The new fairy fighting type.
0: (laughs) Uh, Or fire types that can switch in freely on predicted Will-O-Wisp, such as Ninetales. It is also heavily reliant on Prankster to function, and thus is unable to cripple dark types that are immune to Prankster's effects, such as Absol or Shiftry. Uh, Calm Mind Spiritomb, in particular, will frequently use Sableye as setup fodder, so beware if you see Spiritomb at Team Preview. Sableye partners well in PU with Pokemon that help address these weaknesses, such as fighting types like Hitmonchan or Throw to threaten opposing dark types, Uh, poison types like Weezing or Steel types like Mawile to threaten opposing fairies, and bulky Pokemon that take special hits well, like Clefairy or Audino.
1: Now, if this was all Sableye was able to do, it would be a solid niche Pokemon. However, as we discussed, Sableye also has access to Omega Evolution, and Mega Sableye is truly stellar. While Mega Sableye fell to UU in usage just this month, its unique combination of ability, typing, and moveset make it viable even in Ubers where it sees frequent use. We're going to primarily talk about her use in OU, however. While she's still currently legal in UU, we've seen great OU tanks fall to UU before. Looking at you, Mega Venusaur. And it's never long before they get banned. So, for perspective, Mega Sableye was actually banned to Ubers late in the life of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Though, admittedly, that had more to do with it being unfun to play against than actually being broken.
0: Now, I will say, spoilers for when we talk about team building, but I built mega sableye this week and having actually used it on the uu ladder i'm no longer as certain that it's going to be banned um we'll we'll talk more about that obviously as we come to it but it actually in practice it feels at home in uu if still really strong so yeah just kind of the more you know it might actually make a permanent home down there Now, when she mega evolves, Sableye gains 50 base points to each of her defenses, making her bulk massive, though a 50 base HP does still hold her back. More important, however, is her typing and ability. As discussed previously, Mega Sableye's Dark Ghost typing means that her only weakness is fairy. Now that doesn't sound too bad, but bear in mind, the Tapus all live in OU, alongside great fairy threats like Clefable, Mega Deancey, and Magearna, which is honestly probably a large consideration in why it fell. Its typing does provide one other enormous benefit in OU specifically, however, Mega Sableye is the perfect counter to Mega Medicham. Mega Sableye is immune to both of Medicham's stab moves, it threatens it with high jump kick recoil on a mispredicted swap, and it is immune to Medi's standard priority and Fake Out and threatens it with a Will-O-Wisp burn if it tries to stay in and break through using Coverage. While this is only one Pokemon, anyone playing in the Blastburn Radio Community Draft League knows it is an extremely notable wall-breaking threat in OU, and it's notable that Mega Sableye is probably legitimately the only safe switch-in to Mega Metacham in the tier.
1: Nobody wants to switch in on that Medi. It hurts. It hurts real bad. Sometimes it's almost better just to let it kick and kill whatever is in, (laughs) than switch out. But anyways... I digress. The bigger boon for Mega Sableye is certainly its ability, Magic Bounce. We talked about this a little bit before. Magic Bounce is incredible, shared only with Mega Deancey in the OU tier. It allows Mega Sableye to neutralize opposing support Pokemon, turning Stealth Rocks, Sticky Webs, Toxic, and Will-O-Wisps alike back on their users. The threat of magic bounce alone is enough to make most opponents think twice about even clicking those moves, lest a good prediction and swap spell ruin for their strategies. It also serves to make Mega Sableye in most situations immune to toxic, meaning that opponents must break through her defenses without status, which is no easy task. As an added bonus, Sableye can even wait to Mega Evolve and take advantage of the Prankster Ability in early turns. In the hands of a skilled trainer who makes good predictions, this is amazing. These traits, along with all the things that make Sableye great in PU, come together to make Mega Sableye a unique and powerful wall with a strong niche in every tier it's legal in. Mega Lie is a great wall that is able to cripple physical threats, disrupt status, and hazard strategies common on bulky and balanced teams.
0: Now, in Overused, Mega Sableye is most frequently run specially defensive with a careful nature and max investment in HP and special defense. It can alternatively be run physically defensive to better check uh, the aforementioned Mega Metacham as well as other physical threats like Tapu Bulu, but the specially defensive set is generally preferred as with Will-O-Wisp support, it makes Mega Sableye a better well-rounded wall. As with the PU standard variant, Will-O-Wisp and Recover are near mandatory for this set. In OU, Protect is also almost always run specifically to scout prominent choice item users, such as the Tapus, to see what move they lock into. In its fourth move slot, OU Mega Sableye will almost always run Knockoff to deny opponents their items, uh, though Foul Play is an option for greater damage at the expense of knockoffs utility. While Mega Sableye is also capable of making good use of Calm Mind, this is less viable in the higher tiers due to the prominence of fairy threats, particularly in OU, that can cut Sableye's sweep short.
1: Now, while Mega Sableye is extremely new to UU, that, what, hot four days, or five days, we can speculate that everything that makes it great, NOU will be even better in the lower tier, where the stats in general are just lower and thus easier to tank. This is amplified further by comparative rarity of strong fairy types in the UU tier, meaning that Mega Sableye has far less to fear when it comes to huge, super effective hits.
0: Now, while Mega Sableye has unique traits that make it compelling, it also has some pretty serious drawbacks. Uh, Chief among them is its offenses. Mega Sableye didn't start with great offensive stats, uh, and it gains almost nothing over its base form upon Mega Evolution. It's offensively weak, even by PU standards. As such, it's an exceedingly passive Pokemon, and as such, its passive nature surrenders momentum to the opponent. While it appreciates the huge defense, Boost that it gains from Mega Evolution. It also loses the option of passive recovery from leftovers and the priority recovery provided by Prankster. And as such, Mega Sableye is prone to being worn down by strong wall breakers, particularly special attackers who do not fear Will O Wisp and especially Z moves. As with base Sableye, fire types that can swap in on predicted Will-O-Wisp and strong fairy threats make particularly good checks and counters. In addition, Mega Sableye's lack of priority taunt makes it prime setup fodder for special sweepers or those who can get behind a substitute and thus protect themselves from a burn. Lastly, the ability Mold Breaker circumvents Magic Bounce entirely and allows its users to use hazards and status without regard for Mega Sableye. In OU, this is particularly prominent with Excadrill, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Haxorus on the UU ladder start running Toxic just as a check to Sableye.
1: You know that uh, you have a good place in the tier when the tier like literally adjusts to deal with you. (laughs) But for all of these reasons, as, as we've stated, Mega Sableye is best used on teams that are fully committed to the stall play style alongside other walls that cover Sableye's weaknesses. This means Toxapex, Chansey, and especially Clefable all partner extremely well with Mega Sableye on the OU ladder, with unaware Clefable in particular walling any sweepers that attempt to use Sableye as setup fodder. In UU, this means Blissey, Amoongus, Alomolola, and even Chestnut make great counterparts to Mega Sableye to form a strong defensive core. Sableye also partners well with Pokemon that appreciate the protection from hazards that Magic Bounce provides, such as Charizard or, uh, you know, Volcarona in OU or Talonflame in UU. And lastly, May Sableye appreciates strong Steel types like Celesteela and Heatran in OU, or Bisharp and Dublade in UU that deal with the fairies that threaten it.
0: Overall, Sableye and its mega evolution represent a solid example of how the right combination of typing, ability, and move pool can create a niche for a Pokemon where base stats do not alone. Just looking at stats on paper, this is a Pokemon that should be middling at best. But when taken within context of its metagame with its specific toolkit, it is able to carve itself a niche that is unique, powerful, and in some cases, metagame defining.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another point of note that we didn't discuss is like one of the things that holds it back if you're doing Mega is lack of leftovers. No lefties. No lefties on a wall. Makes me as a sad boy.
0: Yeah, one thing that makes Mega Sableye particularly challenging to use as compared to other walls in the current era is the fact that it has no passive means of recovery. It has no leftovers, no black sludge. It has no regenerator to allow you to heal as you are pivoting uh, and get that health back. And again, it, it lacks the prankster, so it can't even go first reliably with recovery you just you have to watch its health pool and make smart predictions or it's going to go down uh, and so it's frequently overlooked in favor of walls that are just easier to use frankly which is really really valid but there is a lot of value in sable eye in the right hands now, as of course, as part of this show, we have both prepared teams centering around this month's Spotlight Pokemon in a relevant metagame. Uh, we will include those teams in the show notes for this episode, and we would absolutely encourage you to take them for a spin yourself. If you're not familiar, you can copy and paste the team dump, put it into your Pokemon Showdown client under the import team option, and it's all good to go. You can play with it exactly as we give it to you. Uh, now, Messer Engine, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Sableye team and how you went about building it?
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So full disclosure, you guys. We're recording this on a Friday night, and I was at work all day, so I did not get to put this team uh, through its paces as much as I would normally like to when we do one of these. Uh, But I think it's pretty good on paper. I did play a couple games with it. It's all right. Uh, it does okay. We'll see how it does uh the higher points in the ladder when we do Friday Night Fight, because I'm sure we'll get there. Most of those evenings, we actually do reasonably well. So that should be fun once we get to... Thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred. We'll see what happens. We obviously started with our sweet, sweet lass, peridot the Sable Eye, running with those leftovers. She needs them snacks. We've covered the fact that she's a glutton and a glutton for punishment. I imagine that her lefties are a big bag of gemstones. We are running her with prankster. Obviously, we we talked about that. And this is a, a PU team, by the way. Woo! That lower ladder go, go. And we're running uh, 248 in HP, max investment in defense, and eight in, in that special D. With an impish nature, running taunt, will-o'-wisp, recover, and knockoff. So that was going to serve kind of as our base. I really also wanted to utilize mon with Contrary. This is going to be kind of silly, but I have a, an NU team that runs a Malamar that I'm really enjoying. So we decided to go ahead and grab lorantis which is a pokemon i really dig that i've never really gotten a chance to use we named lorantis little dancer and uh she is also using some lefties with the ability contrary we're running that shiny sprite so she actually looks like a praying mantis i just get that green coloring uh also uh very very similar in the way that it's set up we get that 248 in HP, max investment in defense. But the the 8 goes into special attack, running a bold nature with Defog, gotta get rid of them rocks and webs and all the bad things, along with Leaf Storm and Superpower for those contrary boosts and Synthesis for recovery. PU, just as a point of note, has like a lot of interesting Pokemon that you don't get to see a whole lot because uh, they have... Mostly because they have glaring weaknesses where their stats aren't really good. So it's always really interesting to like take a look at what's in here. Uh, one of one such mod that has glaring weaknesses is not used anywhere higher really is Aurorus, Uh, that good ice ice rock dino, uh, who's just, look, all I'm going to say is you can give it a little joke punch, uh, and it dies. (laughs) That's just the thing that happens to it. Trust me. I'm, I'm playing through pokemon y right now and that is exactly what happened to my my sweet sweet dino friend
0: it sees a clinched fist and it falls down to its focus sash
1: yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty much uh we named our auroras prism uh we are using that shiny sprite so it's the the good frost white dino we're running choice specs on it and refrigerate that refrigerate we were burning down with those cool shades uh we're running max investment in special attack and speed not that it's a super speed speedy uh last but you know we needed to be as fast as it can tokyo a uh, go-go and we got four four little points in that special d we're running a modest nature we're running hyper voice freeze dry hidden power rock and earth power You know, just cover all them them bases. We got that Refrigerate Hyper Voice. We got that Freeze Dry to threaten that water. We got that Earth Power to threaten lots of things because friggin' ground is so good. And those rocks for when you need them rocks. Not the Sneaky Pebbles, though. The hidden ones.
0: It is so criminal that Aurorus does not get a better rock stab move than Hidden Power. That's disgusting. Game Freak, get on you shit.
1: Yeah, they probably think that she just forgot it. Because she's been a fossil for so long. She woke up and was like, Do I know a rock move? And she's like, Hmm. Not any good ones. Ancient Power. <laughs> ancient Power will forever be the move that gave Armaldo boosts. Give them boosts. <laughs> that fucking killed Persephone. <laughs> I will never forgive Ancient Power. God damn it. Alright. The end of the team, we needed we needed some things and stuff to kill some dark types and you know what that means bring them fighty boys out uh we, we brought them piggers uh we brought a prime ape i never get to use prime ape in any of our game series and it always makes me so goddamn sad so we're gonna use one and is you know been a game where he's useful and we give him a choice scarf so that he can run real 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 fast He's defiant. So in the face of you kind of spinning on him and being like, get that down attack, get that down speed. He's like, fuck no, I'm strong. And we love it. We gave, well, I think it's obvious what we gave Pickers. We gave him max investment in speed and attack with a little bit of special D. Nothing's going to matter. If anything special sneezes on this boy, he's going to die. But, you know, maybe he feels better knowing that he's got four points there. He's jolly. He's fast. He's down with it. That actually came into play in one of our matches that we did tests on this. I'm reasonably certain. It came down to Pickers versus another Prime Ape. And our good boy went first. So, go go that Jolly Nature. Go that Jolly by Nature? You know what I mean. Go, go Jolly Nature. (laughs) Exactly. Somebody record this and make it Jolly's theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Just played in the front of every single one of Charlie's videos. We we gave Pigger's U-turn. Just having that fast pivot is actually really, really great. Close combat, obviously, that's a no-brainer. Stone edge and gunk shot because, as we mentioned, Paranod's very threatened by fairies. Uh, not that there's a ton of them down here living in the PU land because most fairies are really good. But you never know. If one comes out, we, we want to threaten, so we're running gunk shot. The 80% accuracy doesn't make me super happy, but you know, it's a thing.
0: Whole oh, body's nerfed. It,
1: it worked out really good against the Silvali fairy. So that, that's cool. Next, we went on to, uh, we wanted a fairy type on the team that could set up and blast some shit for us because we don't have anybody doing that right now. And we actually went with that fat, fat egg baby who's not really an egg, a Clefairy. Clefairy. Uh, With Magic Guard, which I, I absolutely love, uh, and a max investment in hit points and that special D. With four little points of defense and a calm nature. Clefairy is actually acting as our rocker because she's fat. And she's probably going to live through getting them rocks up. And we really needed one. Uh, as well as Calm Mind, like I mentioned, we need a little setup sweeper. Moonblast for that stab, fairy power, and Soft boil, just to keep oneself healthy. It's amazing how threatening even like Clefairy can be if they're not running knockoff. So it's real valuable. And last but certainly not least, we really wanted to get a Watermon on on this team. We actually really wanted a friggin' Water Grass Fire core, but there ain't no Fire Pokemon in PU. You guys,
0: N- none that are good enough to see consistent usage at least.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's real sad. We decided for our water type that we we're gonna bring. Oma star, Lord Helix himself onto the squad with that water Z because we didn't have a Z abuser on the team. We chose weak armor. Going to need all that speed. Lord Helix is many things, but he's not a fast boy. <laughs> not really. And we are using a max investment in speed to help speed him up. Special attack, a little bit of special D that modest nature with hydro pump, ice beam, earth power, and shell smash. All the speed, all the time. Punch him, he shall smash his own shell, and then he shall murder the shit out of you. That is what my boy does. And this squad, on paper, actually looks really good in practice. It it functioned pretty good. Again, don't know how that's going to hold up on the higher ladder. But as you might imagine, I don't do a whole lot of playing in the PU metagame normally. So I don't have that good saved ladder ranking to lean on and really dive in there without climbing. So we'll have to see how it goes in practice. But I I really like this squad. I love using Pokemon in lower metagames because you never get to see them elsewhere. Because they're kind of Garbo. Don't tell them that. They're beautiful. They're my beautiful children. But they're kind of garbage. That's why they're down here at the bottom. Especially in PU. Good lord. The fucking name is just meant that they're real stinkers. Which is is sad. But I, I dig this team A whole, whole lot. And it's very different than Jolly's team, which is running, you made a UU team, right? Yeah,
0: so I was building around Mega Sableye, and when I first looked to do that, I said, okay, there are two factors here. One, we have done more underused than any other tier on Showdown Spotlight. I don't really want to do another underused team. Two, I am not convinced that Mega Sableye is going to remain legal and underused, and I don't want to build an underused team and have it get kicked right back up to overused. So let's build for overused. And I spent roughly three days off and on building and fiddling with a team for overused. And I couldn't make it work. There are a number of factors there, not the least of which just being that Mega Sableye has a playstyle that is very antithetical to the way that I typically play Pokemon. That certainly didn't do me any favors. But at the end of the day, what also didn't do me any favors was all of the Magirnas and Mega Mawiles and Tapu Cocos that are <laughs> fucking everywhere in Overused. I I was actually telling Mess before we started recording, You know, it's it's really funny if you think about the fact that over the span of, what, three years, Mega Sableye has fallen from Ubers down to UU, but it really makes sense. There's two factors there. One is Z-Moves, because uh, a good Wall Breaker with a Z-Crystal is able to punch through a wall like Me- Mega Sableye so effectively, and the fact that it does not have Regenerator means that it can't just swap out to Recover. Uh, It has to actively get a turn to click recover. And that's sometimes easier said than done. And then the other big one is just the huge proliferation of fairies in OU, which is a big, big problem for a dark type wall. So ultimately I decided, okay, well, let's just, let's make a UU team. Let's play with it and let's see how we feel about it. And I actually, I feel really good about Mega Sableye in UU. I was laddering with it. Basically all day, and I didn't see a ton of them. Like when when Bisharp fell to UU Bisharp was everywhere. It was on every team, and that led to a lot of really early speculation that hey, this thing might not be entirely balanced. It might not be long for the tier. Sableye's not like that. It's not everywhere. I think a lot of that has to do with its play style. Like a lot of people don't find stall particularly fun. I'm one of them. I get it, but It doesn't seem right now, it's something that needs to be accounted for in team building, but it's not metagame defining, and as such, it doesn't feel broken in underused. So that's my two cents, we'll see what the community feels about it after it's had a couple of weeks in the tier, but I think it's going to be an underused to stay until it finds some new niche in the higher tiers and rises again. But, yeah. So we started with our Mega Sableye and we decided that we were going to commit to stall because that's what you do with Mega Sableye. This was... There was a lot of research involved in committing to stall for me because I don't play that way and I didn't really know what works. So ultimately what I found was that we wanted to have a variety of different walls with different strengths and abilities. Uh, and in particular, we needed a trapping threat, which is really, really important with stall teams. That's why Doug Trio was an OU for generations despite its base stats actually being really lackluster because arena trap was so good on stall teams for trapping and removing specific threats that's not an option anymore but there are other cool things we can use to trap but we started with our Mega Sableye and we built a set that was mixed defensive uh, impish nature with a little bit of investment in defense, more investment in special defense and max investment in HP, uh, which kind of makes its defenses kind of well-rounded, which is what we were going for with Will-O-Wisp knockoff and recover. While Protect is standard in that fourth spot in OU, since we were down and underused and there are far fewer Moonblast threats in UU, uh, we decided to actually go for Toxic in that spot to let us have the option to dual status, whichever one is more appropriate. And that's actually worked really, really well. The next Mon that we knew we wanted to add to the team was the second half of our defensive core. And there was never any question for me that that was going to be Blissey. Uh, Blissey is a monstrous, specially defensive wall in UU. It is absolutely disgusting, frankly. Uh And realistically, there are only two big fairy threats that you have to watch out for and underuse right now. And those are Mega Altaria and Primarina. Primarina is a special wall breaker, and Alteria is special at least as often as it is physical. So having a really strong special wall that was at least neutral to fairy uh, was a really really good compliment to Paradot. Uh, having the option to cleric with Heal Bell is real real good in the case of things like uh, scald burns or toxic spikes. Um, so that felt real appropriate. We're rocking Egg Mom with a. Bold-natured set, max HP, max physical defense, with toxic, soft-boiled, heel bell and seismic toss. That set that, that Mess is so incredibly fond of using on our egg friends.
1: All them egg friend moves. I know them all.
0: <laughs> now, the other mod that we definitely knew we wanted to use on this team was our trapper. Now, in OU, generally speaking, now that Arena Trap is banned, below ubers for a trapper. You usually want a strong dark type with pursuit, um, just to hit things on the switch out and, and ideally KO them before they can get out in OU. This can take the form of Tyranitar. Uh, it can also take the form of Weavile who's in the underused ban list in underused. However, there was only one really good option for this role. Well, I guess two crocodiles a thing, uh, but we went with Bisharp, which was really, really useful both because it offers us a good pursuit trapping option, and then also because it threatens fairies with Iron Head, which is very, very good. We're rocking a choice band Bisharp, uh, rocking that shiny sprite, and named him Tiki because he looks like a blue Power Ranger. <laughs> rocking knockoff Iron Head, Sucker Punch, and of course Pursuits, uh, adamant natured, max HP, max attack, and really. This Pokemon is so pivotal to how this team works because you have to get it in safely and use it to correctly deal with the wall breakers that threaten your walls. And a lot of times it it takes playing disgustingly long matches, frankly, to really get into your opponent's head, figure out how they're going to switch so that you can make good switch predictions. But the good thing is, is everything on this team is stupid fat. So we're able to do that now the the last three members of this team I actually went through a lot of different iterations. I tried a lot of different Mon um but the first one that really really felt like it fit uh was final fungus Aramungus. We are rocking a physically defensive Amoongus set, bold-natured max HP, max defense, uh, and we're holding the Rocky Helmet with Regenerator. Having a Regenerator pivot on this team was really, really important, so that even if we were facing hyper-offense teams that were really, really offensively threatening, we could we could get some recovery going, we could make some strong pivoting moves, and then the Rocky Helmet also allows it to chunk those physical threats, even as it's kind of getting its own ass kicked. Final Fungus is rocking a moveset consisting of giga drain spore clear smog and hidden power fire and this moveset is just really really good in UU in general obviously nothing appreciates a spore to the face, it makes it go nap nap nothing really wants to do that Giga Drain is a great grass type stab that offers some recovery and threatens the shit out of Swampert which is always a problem in UU Clear Smog gives it an option to interrupt opposing setup sweepers setup sweepers are a big problem on this team, we were actually experimenting for a while with using Unaware Quagsire as an answer to setup but a big problem there was the fact that frequently that setup sweeper is a Haxorus and mold breaker trumps unaware so that didn't really work uh, but clear smog at least as long as final focus can live a hit it can remove the boost which is really really important and then it can pivot out with regenerator to get some healing hidden power fire is here 100% for scissor uh, and can be really good to surprise and remove it we are rocking a Gligar, my little baby, Caligula. Uh, we named him Gonzo because he's blue and kind of weird. <laughs> he's holding the Eviolite and he has immunity for his ability. So he is yet another Mon on this team. Five of the six Pokemon on this team under normal circumstances are immune to toxic, which is really great. And Gonzo is rocking a mixed defensive set. It's impish natured uh, with investment in HP, defense, and Spadef uh, with Earthquake, Roost, Stealth Rocks, and Knockoff. And again, this is a spot that I went through a number of different Pokemon for before ultimately settling on Gonzo, and he fills it super duper well. He's a really good rocker on this team, threatens things really well with Earthquake, and just is, is so fat with the Eviolite that it works really, really well. Uh, and then obviously knockoff support is just real, real good. I can't always switch Paradot in when I need to remove an item. And their typings actually complement each other real well, so that Gonzo's able to come in and click knockoff in situations where Paradot cannot. Uh, last, but certainly not least, in our sixth spot, we actually wound up settling on an Empoleon. Uh, again, Went through a number of different Pokemon. This was this spot almost went to Tinnacruel, but uh Empoleon fills it just slightly better. Uh, we're rocking a specially defensive set with uh max investment in HP, a lot of investment in spadef, and a little bit into physical defense, holding the leftovers with Scald, Defog, Toxic, and Roar another option to toxic our opponents which is really really good uh, being able to roar is our secondary win con if our opponents start setting up on us we can just phase them out which is potentially real real good uh, and then scald is just a fantastic move it is stab that threatens uh, opposing fire and, and ground and whatnot and then it of course threatens anything physical with a burn which is real real nice and yeah this team is absolutely stellar it wins more than it loses it's still loses quite a bit, although I think that has more to do with me and, and again, my my hesitancy and lack of familiarity with playing in this way. But... I can't tell you how many matches I won today, either because we went through about 50 turns with only two mom KO'd and my opponent said, fuck it. I'm out. Or because my opponent saw my team at team preview and said, Oh, fuck it. I'm out. Uh, which if there is a better sign of a successful stall team, I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. If somebody comes in and goes, "ah, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, you, you know, you've done it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's real, real good. Um, the big key to success with this team is making good predictions and good swaps. Even if that means double and triple switching, you know, it feels like you're not gaining anything when you do that. But as long as you're keeping everything healthy, that, that is the game. Like you're playing the long game with this team, not the short game. And you absolutely have to protect Bisharp because Bisharp is really your only option to punch holes. And you need that to eventually win, ideally, unless your opponent just brings six things that are susceptible to Toxic, and then you just bring out Blissey and absorb their salty, salty tears.
1: <laughs> you get a Toxic, and you get a Toxic, and you get a Toxic, and you knew Aromatherapy. That's no good. <laughs> yeah, I will say one of
0: the bigger problems in UU for this team is Sylveon, because it threatens peridot so successfully and it uh, it is frequently running heel bell which makes it hard to toxic stall it's it's certainly breakable obviously does not want to take an iron head from your boy tiki but it's it's very tricky
1: to play around i still can't believe that bisharp stayed in uu it's fucking wild isn't it yeah it's freaking crazy but that's cool at least he's got a place where he can you know punch people with priority or not but Mostly Sucker Punch.
0: I think that the big defining factor is honestly speed. Because, I mean, you look at it, Weavile is banned from UU, but Weavile is also fast like Sanic. Weavile is so fucking fast. It's disgusting.
1: Ugh, I'm still still salty about this Sneasel and UPPL. Uh, anyways...
0: but yeah those are our teams but again that's only featuring two of the many many metagames that Sableye and it's Mega are viable in Mega Sableye is viable in OU it's viable in Ubers it's viable in Mono Dark and Mono Ghost it's not great in in doubles uh doubles plays way too fast paced for a Mon this passive but I mean I I suppose you could try to make it work in doubles if you want to or if you just want to make me sad trying to do it on stream Uh, and as all always, <laughs> we will be doing that Friday Night Fight stream. Uh, you can expect our Sableye-centered Friday Night Fight next Friday on April the 12th. That'll be over on my channel at twitch.tv slash jollybynature.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a good time. Like, like, final thoughts here. I think it is really the sign of a good Mega when they take something that didn't see a lot of usage. Like anywhere and now it can be used in a lot of different like different metagames in different places i think that's a success story for omega evolution
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that that's true in a broader sense i think of a lot of the megas that were added in omega ruby alpha sapphire like I mean obviously they came up with the concept in X and Y and some of the ones that they added in X and Y are obviously great and and long-lasting hits. Uh, I'm looking at you Kanto starters. Uh but it really seems like the, like they learned a lot from that first batch of megas and the ones that they introduced in the in the the remake games are just across the board really fucking good.
1: Yeah, I I really do hope that we're going to see more of them and have it come back as a focus in in the main games. It's a really cool idea. And like, I realize that sometimes they like to do things that are like generation specific, but I feel like Megas are so they're more iconic, I think than any other generation specific mechanic that they've done. And they're really interesting and have a lot of opportunity for reinvigorating older Pokemon. Yeah, I agree.
0: I think the only thing that really com- competes in any way is regional forms, regional variants. And those need to come back too, because they are also very good. So, Porcano Dose, why not both, Game Freak?
1: Yeah, bring us the, the variants. We, we require them in all forms.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, we could, we could probably fill an entire episode with our wish list for Galar and kind of our thoughts on the game design. But it seems pretty clear at this point that Game Freak does not want to unduly add to the number of Pokemon in the Pokedex because they don't want to daunt newer players uh, in a great way. I mean, you, you've already introduced two great ways to do that. So I think it's fairly safe that we'll either see one or both of those things return or we'll see something else introduced along the same lines in the next games.
1: Not to mention, like, I know we gotta wrap up in a minute, but there, how many Pokemon are there now? It's over like 800. Yeah. There are over 800 Pokemon. And here's just, here's a wild fact. Uh, because, because the Pokemon fandom is so big, every single one of those Pokemon is someone's favorite Pokemon. Finding a way to utilize those Pokemon in new and interesting ways and allowing those people to utilize a Pokemon like Sableye, which again, wasn't really being used for anything. Someone may think they're cool, but they're bank fodder all the time because just can't really find a good, a good use for it. You make those people so incredibly happy to have like an option to play with their favorite Pokemon in a way that is organic and, and, and makes sense. And that is, that is so valuable. Like I think a lot of times, We focus on like the, the big, the big reveals and the big things. But at the end of the day, Pokemon is a game about raising monsters. And if you can raise your favorite monster and actually get to use them, I think that's probably one of the most important things about the franchise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pokemon's real good. We like it a lot. We're real excited for new ones. Give us the new ones, Game Freak.
1: Soon, TM. Anyways, let's, let's talk about them, them socials.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, again, don't forget, guys. Friday night fight next Friday, April twelfth. Twitch.tv slash Jolly By Nature. Uh, here on the show, we will be back next week with our chapter three coverage of Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, then on April the twenty first, Adventures will return with the introduction of our long form campaign. Dun,
1: dun, 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 dun.
0: Now, be sure to email us and get at us. Send in your Sableye-centered teams for us to use on the Friday Night Fight stream next week. And let us know what you're hoping for when BBR Adventures kicks off again. As always, you can send those emails to BlastBurnRadio at gmail.com or get at us on Twitter or Facebook at Blastburn Radio. As always, you can follow me personally at BBR Jolly on Twitter.
1: And I'm at Messer
0: Engine. And as always, don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets. If you play uh, a game like a Powered by the Apocalypse game like we play on BBR Adventures, or if you play D&D or Pathfinder or Starfinder or
1: all the finders something
0: find something uh, <laughs> if you use an online platform like roll 20 or astral virtual tabletop or even if you don't if you play them in the meat space mess and his company mythic portal games make great art assets for use as tokens or maps that just really bring your campaign to life give it that visual presentation you know Everybody points to guys like, you know, Matt Mercer and Critical Role and they go, oh, you know, their their campaign has such great presentation. You can, too, with just a little bit of of investment. I'm not promising it'll make you Matt Mercer, uh, but you can make your maps look nice. And that's that's half the battle, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're especially when you're playing online, building an immersive experience is such a such an important thing. And you can do that with amazing visuals and you don't even have to be an artist to do it you can totally come to us. We'll take care of that for you. No problem. We got maps. We got tokens. Bring your campaign to life with a little Mythic Portal magic.
0: Yeah. And don't forget, as always, to follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on what all of our hosts are doing around the web. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-host, Messer Engine, for Blastburn Radio. I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you
1: next time, folks.